Hello and welcome to another edition of Humanitarian AI Today, a podcast series produced by the Humanitarian AI Meetup Groups in Cambridge, San Francisco, New York City, London, Toronto and Zurich. Today we have a very special guest joining us all the way from uh, Jijel, Algeria. Welcome, Associate Professor Dukifli Bukra, your Head of Computer Science and the University Programme there. It's great to have you, Dukifli. How are you? Hi, thank you. How about yourself? Oh, I'm here in San Francisco. The sun is shining. All, all is as well as can be. I'm just really eager to hear all about what you're doing. It sounds so interesting. Can we chat a little bit about the university? What kind of students you have? How many? How long that's been going on for? Just paint the picture of that context. I'm sure it'd be really fascinating. Uh, where I work is mainly the Department of Computer Science, and we have the the system of bachelor and uh, master's and uh, doctoral level. And we have students from ranging from uh, or in the three levels. I mean, we have bachelor students, and then we have four specialties in the master uh, at the master level. And from these special specialties, we have a specialty that's dedicated to decision support systems, uh, networking and security. We have another with that deals with uh, legal uh, legal aspects of computer science. And the last one, uh, which is very interesting, is artificial intelligence. Uh, that's an exciting specialty in which we have very, very outstanding students working on different projects of uh, artificial intelligence. This is the, the campus uh, of uh, technical, technical studies at our university. The second campus is related mainly to uh, human studies like uh, literature, have social studies, uh, management, etc. And these uh, two campuses form the University of Asia. So the, the specialty I'm working on with uh, my students is, uh, is called the Information System and Decision Support. It's very interesting because it's a specialty that deals with data and data-related projects. So uh, here we work uh, mainly on projects uh, that help decision makers to make better decisions and to dive into their data, to do data mining, etc. This is uh, mainly the, the specialty I'm working on here at the University of Jijel. That sounds amazing. Thanks for going into all that detail. You mentioned before you worked with the, the Neo4j hackathon and, and I heard a little bit about extracting useful knowledge from question and answers. Did you want to maybe talk a little bit about that project or generally about the, the Q&A application and what you're finding out, what's been intriguing to you? So let me start by saying that what inspired us uh, about this project was the fact that question answering systems are systems where people ask questions. You know, nowadays when we face problems, when we need or seek solutions to our problems, the first idea to do uh, is to Google the thing uh, or to use another browser to, to in order to get the answer or to get our problem fixed. So uh, there are, in fact, uh, some, some websites such, such as uh, Quora or Stack Exchange, etc., where people ask questions formally, they formulate their questions, and there are, on the other side, there are experts in their domain who read the question and answer these people. So what has inspired us was the fact that 
some websites, some question answering systems have made available their data for people to do research, to gain insights into the data. And for instance, uh, Stack Exchange uh, has made available its data in a regular manner on archive.org so people can download the data offline and work on this data in order to extract some some knowledge. So if we take this data, let me say not the problem, but the specificity of the data is the fact that it's modeled using a relational model because it's mainly a structured it's mainly structured data. So uh, when we want to ask questions on this data, usually we use a well-known, well-known uh, language that's called SQL, SQL. But SQL has been uh, dedicated mainly to ask uh, what we call transactional data. It's not for analytics, although there are some advances in using SQL for analytics, etc. But what inspired us for using graph databases instead of SQL is the fact that when we want to analyze or to dive into the data about question answering systems, for instance, if we want to rank a user, if we want to know the reputation of a user, a given user, uh, if we want to analyze its, uh, this reputation, if we need to take into account the, the network, the whole network in which this user is asking questions, is getting answers for a problem, etc. So uh, we cannot do that easily using the relational model. Why? Because we have to, uh, let me say technically, we have to look up the same table. If we have a table in the relational model that's called user, for instance, we have to look it up many, many times in order to rank our user properly. And this will give us or cause us some performance issues. So graph databases are good for, for this task, for this kind of activity, which is to analyze a network. So uh, what we are doing now is we, first of all, we tried to model, to remodel, to remodel because it's already modeled using the relational model. So what we did was to try and remodel it using a graph database. And uh, once our question answering system modeled as a graph, we have plenty of algorithms that we can run or execute in order to gain insights. Uh, some kinds of insights, for instance, is what I, uh, uh, what I already mentioned was to rank properly a user. If we know, for instance, that a user has many upvotes, people are voting, uh, voting uh, his or her answers, her questions, etc. And if these, uh, these users are important, so our user, we get his or her importance from the importance of other users. So this kind of, of uh, analysis is can be carried out using the relational model, but it's difficult. It's hard because you have will you'll get a, some overhead when running the queries in in such a relational model. And so currently we are carrying out different. Uh, analysis using the graph databases and using the new 4J database or platform. I'm curious, what's it like in Algeria for you and the tech scene? And then when you plug into a hackathon like what you did with Neo 4J and those projects, how did you, you know, how did you feel was unique to your context? What was um, maybe something you noticed that was um, true across different other Q&A platforms or um, uh, is it a platform? I'm not sure if that's the correct word. Um, yeah, yeah. 
um, but do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm just wondering what was that experience like for you as an mm -hmm. academic, as a person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, what we do as a researcher, as an academic, first of all, uh, before before launching a project, is to to try to uh, to do some research about existing work. If there are people who are working on the same project or similar projects, etc. And as far as I know, uh, there is no similar work at the time. I mean, uh, similar work working on extracting knowledge from a graph database using using a queer uh, a question answering system i think that our system as far as i know is unique at the time and it's also unique here in algeria so i don't know of any other uh, project uh, that's being carried out currently but i hope i hope there will be a similar project because you know research is uh, as we say uh, you give and you take so you don't only give you don't just propose solutions you also benefit from other uh, people's solutions so uh, and using neo4j what i also noticed there are very few people who are working on the same platform here in algeria as far as i know because you know sometimes you just google it and uh, when you browse the results uh, there are are some researchers from all over the world but in your country or in your surrounding i mean here in our in algeria and the surrounding countries there are not many many people who are working on the same project so that makes us uh, feel maybe yes unique and maybe our work it makes us feel a bit original in proposing this but we we hope that uh, people will also do the same and uh, we can benefit from research uh, in a recipro reciprocal manner so giving and taking from others that sounds amazing and being a pioneer in this i'm intrigued just on the q and a what kind of things are, are you going in looking for things like with the covid 19 application can you just walk us through how that all works since it's so unique and new and you know I'd, I'd really love to sort of just dive in a bit deeper or or do you think we've we've talked you've talked enough well, it's up to you really yeah yeah if you if feel I, like saying more that'd be great yeah yeah in fact uh, let me just bring a small explanation of in fact because uh, question answering system is uh, we've been working on it's another field. I mean, it's uh, its data is different from the COVID because I've been also involved in another project that's on COVID nineteenth, and on that project, we uh, I was involved in trying to analyze the data. Uh, in fact, it was a project about all the papers or the academic work that has been published. Uh, although the period is very short because COVID has started uh, merely let's say five year, five months ago, six months ago, but there is, there are some papers, research papers that has been published on the topic. So uh, I was involved in, but I got involved, <laughs> let me say, uh, in the project in order to try to run some algorithms. So we connected to the database. It was available, uh, made available by the, its developers. And uh, I've been involved in trying to run some algorithms, for instance, uh, let me give you some some uh, some useful insights. For instance, we can know who are the most influencing uh, influencing authors. For instance, so far in the COVID nineteen period, for instance, we can know. For instance, that for instance, we can sort the papers according to uh, the countries. 
what is the country that has published the most or uh, more papers than others and not not surprisingly uh, you can you can expect that china is the, is the top, at the top of the list because you know the problem uh, started in China. So uh, the, the, the academics in China were the first to, to try to write and to publish topics or papers, research papers on the topic. So when we, uh, and also there are some, some interesting things that we can, we can, for instance, gain from the data, for instance, we can uh, rank the authors who are the most important authors and these authors may be uh, academics they may be working with doctors they may be uh, doctor um, doctors themselves etc uh, so the covid uh, 19 experience uh, uh, in which i got involved uh, is very interesting because uh, when you you have once you have your data uh, and you have the, the database and you have Neo4j as a platform. You have the library of algorithms. So you just launch the algorithms. However, let me just say something important here. That is, uh, it's the fact that it's not enough to have algorithms, a library of algorithms. You have to, to know uh, how to use these algorithms. You have to know when to use the algorithms. For instance, you you can just look at the, the schema of the database and just ask questions. What can I do using this data? So what I did was to post some queries, interesting queries, three or four queries in order to display, for instance, the, the names of countries who published most important papers, etc. And it's in fact, it's, uh, it's ongoing. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And you call that beyond statistics. Is that right? I was listening to your presentation and I was wondering mm -hmm. what you meant by that. It's it's like going beyond the, the numbers and getting more um, analysis and insights. So that sounds amazing. Wow. Yeah. In fact, um, when I said going beyond the statistics, let me just give you an example. For instance, if we go back to our uh, question answering system, when we want, for instance, to rank a user and to know who is the most important user, what we can do is just to do what we call a group by, group by, for instance, uh, to sort the users in a descending manner according to the number of votes only. But this is statistics, in fact, because in fact we use accounting. We just count the number of upvotes for every every user or each user, and we just rank or sort the users uh, in a descending manner. This is statistics. But if we want to know the importance of a given user, not only uh, based on the number of votes, but based on the network, the network structure. So in this case. If a user has, has been voted by important users, so in this case, the user gets or becomes important himself. Because, you know, sometimes, and this is uh, something that we, we face every day, even in our, in our um, interactions on social media, for instance, if we take, for instance, Facebook, etc. If we post, for instance, something, uh, let me say a photo or something or a post or uh, anything, and you have got a list of friends, 
and we all know that our friends, uh, we had have, have different levels. We have close friends, we have uh, friends that we've just known, they have acquaintances, etc. So when a, a close friend likes your post or your photo, it makes you feel good because you know it's your close friend. And that's the same if we extrapolate this uh, uh, onto, onto question answering systems. If you uh, ask a question and the person who who answers your question is an expert in the domain you feel um, let me say you feel comfortable because you, because your 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 question has gained the attention of an important person of an expert in his domain and in this case uh, uh, when we try to rank the users based on the importance of other users as i said earlier using the relational model it's very hard but using a graph database, we can do this in a quite a straightforward manner because we just uh, exploit or uh, use the database in order to using the relational or the relationships between between nodes instead of using the same table and look it up very uh, many many times. So this is one example that we can uh, say about uh, the difference between statistics, which is based on the well-known arithmetic, for instance, measures like uh, average, mean, maximum, minimum, and using other uh, features like uh, the structure of a network, page ranking, personal page ranking, community detections. All of these things are part of data mining and are, as we all know, data mining is, in fact, uh, it's uh, let me say it's a layer on top of statistics. Statistics is always important. We cannot just say that statistics is over. We, we can never say that. But statistics are at the core of other other data related uh, projects such as data mining, artificial intelligence, etc. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I said visual statistics and not without statistics. That sounds so important and the next thing is like you've got a great analysis and insights do you go beyond that like are you predicting as well after you've got all of this kind of data but at the moment like um i don't know if, if it's relevant to to this um conversation is that something you want to address right now or shall we move on to something else in fact yeah in fact because in fact prediction is part of of our work because when we we use, for instance, data mining project or artificial intelligence projects, we do three kinds of things. Either we just describe our data, for instance, when we, we calculate the, the ranking of a user, we're just describing the user using some specific measures. The second kind of th work that we do is to diagnose or to, to, to try to explain the data, why we have things. For instance, if we find some hidden relationships between people that uh, a user is uh, is closer to another user, etc. In this case, we are doing some explanatory analysis. The third category is predictive. Uh, that's we want to predict the future. And predictive in this case, for instance, if we want to recommend things for users or to, uh, to, to predict whether a user will be interested in some topics. In this case, we can recommend these topics to the user. This is something we know in other social media platforms. For instance, sometimes when we use algorithms uh, on Facebook, we can predict uh, what will 
uh, what, what are the interests of users, what are the, the things that the user is likely to visit, the pages is likely to visit, etc. And we, we recommend these pages to the user. If we go back now to our question answer system, it's the same, however, the, 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 the field is different because we recommend, instead of recommending friends or recommending pages, we recommend tags for people, uh, questions and answers, etc. So in Neo4j, there is a separate, in the, the, the library of graph data science, uh, there is an important part of algorithms that deal with prediction. And that's something re- very interesting that we would like to be able to, to uh, carry out in our, in our project. That sounds super interesting. And um, I think Karina was telling us a bit about that as well, um, just following language and all sorts of things you can do with the graph. It's something that's quite new to me and, and super fascinating. Well, thanks for all of that. And I think our audience is probably going to be really, really intrigued to hear about the tech for good scene in Algeria and just generally what's the tech scene like? Yeah, in fact, what I'm, I want to, to say, first of all, is that we have high competencies in computer science in our, in our country. Our young people here, sometimes they don't need to be, to, to, to be students uh, in computer science. They're just, let me say, between brackets, they're amateur. Amateurs, they're just like computer science. They like programming. They like gaming, etc. So in, in this case, we have got some students who are some graduated students who are setting up startups and the government is encouraging such such things because they are just motivated and very excited to practice their knowledge the knowledge or all the things that they've just learned at the university and to put them into practice and let me just say i don't know if i can jump into the humanitarian aspect of the projects currently uh, being carried out in algeria because uh, as you know in fact during this period of lockdown people can go out and uh, buy food etc and some of our Algerian students or programmers have just proposed some some solutions, some uh, Android applications to help people, for instance, uh, locate some stores or shops to do some to buy online. Let me say to buy online. In fact, it's not really buying online, but it's to buy. In fact instead of going to the shop they just buy from their phones from their homes and this avoid us to go out and to meet people and to keep our social distancing safe so our young people here especially the computer scientists are starting very very interesting projects here to help people either cope with the lockdown uh, try to avoid going out as much as possible and try to exploit their their time here in 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 their homes uh, the second thing that i'd like to mention is about some other initiatives that proposed uh, courses online on youtube or on other platforms i know personally one of our uh, our phd students who is going to start a new channel on youtube and to give some courses on artificial intelligence 
programming. And in this case, he is the teacher, although he's still a PhD candidate, but we consider him to be able to give, to give courses to other and the third uh, project that I'd like to mention is a project that has been proposed by one of my students. It's about, in fact, uh, locating the online uh, pharmacies or drugstores in our, uh, in our uh, small city here in Digital. For instance, when it's um, 7 p.m., all the drugstores, the majority are closed. So when we want to find the, the other drugstores or pharmacies that are still open, you, you just launched an application that's been developed by, by this, this uh, startup and you just locate and you get a direction to that pharmacy from your local place. So there are, I, I, let me say that we have plenty of competencies here in Algeria uh, and they are launching different projects. They are setting up uh, different startups and we hope that the government, the, the newly, newly installed government will help them further their careers in this field. That's so wonderful to hear um, and a really, really robust tech for good and startup scene by the sounds of it. That's great. And and your, was the PhD AI person you mentioned that's going to have the YouTube channel, um, did you want to plug that at all? Is, is that a student of yours that you're very proud of or wonderful? Yeah, yeah. That's great. Lovely, yeah. lovely. I can send um, you a link of his channel so you can, <laughs> you can learn from him <laughs> if you want. Please do. So what would you ideally like to have your students do um, uh, so we've got the one doing the, the YouTube channel. Any any other wishes for your students? Well, let me say that I personally, we know that uh, once you've, you you graduate, and as you know, it's it's human. You know, uh, the first thing that people think of is to find a job. Okay, so uh, beyond finding a job, I, I I encourage our students to not only seek for jobs but to to do things that are for instance non-profit for uh, to to do some to be volunteer in in other aspects for instance this idea of giving courses over the web over uh, youtube is very interesting and i personally this student lately and and ask him to go for further and to give uh, the maximum of him, etc. And so I think I really encourage people, uh, our students to to really put into practice their knowledge, uh, whether whether they are self-employed, whether they are freelancers, or whether they are just volunteers. I mean, if we, they launch uh, uh, projects like the, the ones I talked about, like uh, locating the open uh, pharmacy or trying to help people with this uh, lockdown, etc., I really encourage them during my, uh, sometimes when, when I'm, I'm giving courses, sometimes I just stop and make a pause. And uh, sometimes I project and I talk with my students about their future. I always tell them that today you are students, will be graduated, get a job, you will be employed or self-employed. So try to, uh, to give your maximum, your best in order to, to uh, to enhance the reality of your reality and other people's reality too. That's great. 
you talked about your students earlier uh, getting interested in in different things. Is there anything else that is you know indigenous to Algeria and neighboring countries they could maybe be involved in addressing with technology? In fact, here in maybe in in uh, in Algeria, we say that some fields are just at their beginning, like big data projects, because you know the problem of working on big data is having big data. You need to have the the data available before starting to think about the project, what to do with the data. And so specifically in our country, uh, some projects, separate projects are uh, are really uh, starting to emerge and they try to to get things digitized. I mean, trying to 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 reach really the ego, the ego government meaning that uh, you have all the data stored and accessible uh, for interesting people, etc. So I think that some aspects of technology are uh, just at their beginning here in other, but others are advanced like in any other countries. So, uh, and we also hope that uh, our technology will help our, our countries. I mean, countries and our surroundings here, for instance, Asia, etc. Uh, projects together between students etc we have some conferences that are that we have uh, held every year of or every other year uh, between countries of uh, algeria morocco and tunisia and uh, also with france and italy so these conferences their goal is to unify the efforts and try to transfer some technologies from developed countries like france and italy and spain to other countries and we hope these uh, these efforts will uh, contribute to to the development of our countries so things are uh, let me say emerging in some fields but in other fields i think that things are uh, better than than uh, some uh, a couple a couple of years ago so what personally excites you about technology for good Yes, you know, as we can see um, nowadays, there are many things that we can contribute to because nowadays the data is available. If you go to any website, government websites, etc., we can see that the data is available as, um, let me say, Excel sheets or text data or CSV, etc., uh, so it's not really a problem of data because it's available or different on different things like refugees, like uh, trying to help the, for sustainable development in countries, try to bridge the gap between, for instance, the south and the north. If I may say that, I mean between developed countries and countries that are under development or developing countries. So I think that what we need is just ideas. Because if you have the idea and you have the possibility to bring the idea into a real life project and try to to put that project in practice and to get some results. And uh, this is the first thing that's important. And the, th- the second thing is we need to have our government help us to put these things into practice, for instance, uh, if we get results that are interesting and we want our government to help us turn these, these ideas into real projects. Sometimes uh, projects are, need some funding. Funding You can't just get, get people work on a project uh, when they're, they're not paid. You know, it's, it's human. Sometimes you just need to get people involved in projects. But you have to fund that, those projects. 
So uh, these are some challenges. For instance, how to 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 find the ideas from the from the data that's available every day. And the second thing, how to be funded and to be helped by your government or other governments all over the world to to bring your idea into something useful for them. That's great. Lovely. Thanks for sharing that with us. And I'm just wondering, any takeaways? We've taken up so much of your time and it's been you know, wonderful hearing from you and talking to you. But just as we're wrapping things up, do you have like one or two takeaways for our audience? Anything you want to ask help with? Anything more you'd like to share? Well, I'd like to say that in our country... Uh, we hope to be able to further develop our country in terms of technology. And in this case, uh, you know, there are two aspects, two aspects that we have to conduct in, par- in parallel. The first aspect is research and the second is industry. So these things, for, since I'm a researcher, I hope that in either in our surroundings or all over the world, we'll be able to share our research and to get research or to benefit from other people's research in terms of scientific states, because, you know, uh, here uh, specifically in Algeria and in other similar countries, we can we can uh, benefit from the possibility of uh, having some scientific states. So we hope that we can be able to benefit from the research that's currently carried out in developed countries in order to to practice and to carry out the same research in our country so this is my main uh, my, my main wish for for uh, research since it's uh, mainly my uh, my field of, of work and experience that sounds great having you do all of that and we we thank you so very much it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you on humanitarian ai today that brings this edition of humanitarian AI today to a close.